Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here is your guide on this journey, Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Car Wash, the podcast. This is Matt DeWolf, Editor-in-Chief of Car Wash Magazine and part of your team of co-hosts for Car Wash, the podcast. Hey, today we're going to share an exclusive, previously unreleased conversation with retail prophet Doug Stevens. Stevens was a speaker for International Car Wash Association at the Car Wash Show in 2019, and we had the chance to talk to him about the changing landscape for car wash owners and how they can create experiences that will help them stand out against the competition. Living up to his retail profit moniker, Stevens's interview still rings true in the current environment. Check it out. So for brief background, can you tell me just what you do generally? How do, how do you define retail profit, right? I spent about 20 years in the retail industry holding positions in various companies. I worked in the operations stream, human resources stream, marketing, ultimately general management for a number of different companies in both Canada and the US. I finished up my corporate career in 2008, 2009, just as the the world seemed to be coming apart at the seams. And my experience with the retail industry in general and the consumer goods industry is that it was was a chronically short-sighted industry a very quarter-to-quarter earnings report-to-earnings report. My feeling at the time was that everyone was sort of saying, can't wait for this recession to be over so we can get back to business. And I felt fundamentally that there were some really deep tectonic shifts taking place that crossed across demographics, technology, the media landscape was changing, you know, really everything was changing. So I felt that there was need for a narrative in the industry that was looking out on a five to 10 year horizon and sort of giving retail companies a sense of what those deep changes were going to amount to and how they needed to adapt to them. So I started researching writing in 2008-2009. By 2012, I was contacted by Wiley Publishing. They said, have you thought about writing a book about all this, which I hadn't at that point, but I, I sat down and wrote a book in 2013 called The Retail Revival. And then I just found that there was a hunger for this narrative that retailers by that point were really sensing that, okay, it's been three or four years now that there was this recession has been going on. What's going on here? And so, uh, you know, my business just sort of took off from there. And by 2017, I had written a second book. I'm the syndicated columnist for CBC Radio Canada. So I do a monthly segment on changing consumer behavior, changing consumer patterns. And... As it stands today, we work with companies as large as IKEA or associations like the Car Wash Show and just try and bring those insights to audiences. That's pretty cool. I think one of the things that's struck me, I mean, it's been like this for a number of years now, but everybody's talking about, and you were doing it in your session, was talking about the consumer experience in terms of like creating a, an experiential thing. Not the customer experience in that it's easy to make a transaction, but in that you go and like you, your example was the skate park in the middle of the store where it was hidden, kind of, right? Why or how do car wash owners need to be kind of paying real close attention to that trend? I think it's because fundamentally 
the stakes are higher now for every business for a number of different reasons. I think there's certainly, there have been winners and losers in the economy. And we see stats on the general health of consumers now that are pretty horrifying, really. You know, the idea that the average consumer doesn't have a thousand extra dollars sitting in a bank account somewhere in case there's an emergency. Most people are living paycheck to paycheck. Needs and preferences have really sort of bifurcated, and they've bifurcated very much along economic lines. So you have people who are holding a disproportionate amount of wealth and income, and you have everyone else is sort of fighting it out. And, and within that landscape, consumers are being very, very judicious about the decisions that they make. They are fleeing to the poles of value. In some cases, the same consumer may be buying very down market on certain items and very up market on other items that are meaningful to them. But what it's created is a landscape where in order to succeed, you need to stand out and you need to differentiate. And in a globalized world where, for the most part, you go from here to London to Paris to Madrid to Tokyo, and everyone's selling pretty much the same products, same services, the question is, how do you stand out? And my belief is that the, the last bastion of differentiation is around the experience that you create. So it's no longer about the goods or the services, it's about the experience. Now, I mean, I'm not the first person to say this. Joseph Pine and James Gilmore said this, you know, way before their time, more than 20 years ago, they were talking about the experience economy. But I think we're there. I think we, I think we have fully come into a point now where we are in the experience economy. But I think that the, the thing that, that I've sort of latched onto is the idea that Oftentimes when we talk about experiences, we mischaracterize what we're talking about. And what I find is that a lot of businesses sort of immediately go to, ah, okay, I get it. I need to look different. My business needs to look different. And my point is, no, your business needs to act differently. You need to re-engineer the way you sell what you sell, and you need to literally curate an experience that the consumer can not just see, but that they can be a, a part of. You know, it smells different, tastes different, acts differently. And that's a much, much more difficult thing to do. How do you think that, I mean, if you think about humans in general, that would make sense, right? Like, we remember experiential things more, it's better than buying stuff. There's all this data out there about don't spend your money on stuff, spend it on like vacations, right? Like, take trips. But why do you think it what changed? Like, because for a long time, we just bought stuff. I think a few things changed. I think two things sort of happened simultaneously that I think are important. One thing is that around the point where we hit the financial crisis, well, I'll say three things happened. For one thing, we found out that in many cases, the emperor had no clothes. So people that were out there spending a ton of money on stuff were doing so on leverage. So they had leveraged their real estate, they had leveraged their credit cards, and the whole house of cards came tumbling down. And so there was this rude awakening that maybe I have to live within my means. So that was the one thing. So fundamentally, we had a, just a constrained level of consumerism for the first time in about 30 years. But the other thing that coincided with that is that you had really the generation that powered the economy, the consumer economy, for the last 50 years, the baby boomer generation, was now reaching sort of the apex of their consumer behavior. That generation now, I'm, I'm the last year of the baby boom, so all of us are now over the age of 55 years old. 
statistically, once you hit 55, and this is just the math of it, you buy less stuff. You buy fewer cars, you buy fewer appliances, and the list goes on and on and on. You start spending more on healthcare, more on leisure, more on entertainment. So there's another factor that's really hammered the economy. But at the same time, you have a new generation of consumers coming into play, millennials and centennials, for whom social currency is measured in a different way. And it's not so much anymore about what's the value of what's parked in my garage or how much did my furniture in my home cost. It's more about where I am, who I'm with, and what I'm doing. This is a generation that, because they have really marked every meaningful experience in their life online, experiences have become the way you communicate status, the way you communicate your social hierarchy. And so we've seen this shift away from goods more to experiences. Some of that is economic. I mean, we know that because millennials came of age at a time when the economy was in collapse, that hurt them economically. It restricted their ability to buy houses and cars and things like that that this industry depends on. But I think it also, the prevalence of social media and technology changed their sensibilities around how they communicate who they are. So owning and operating a car wash, how in the world do I make my experience different? Yeah. Well, I think first of all, you know, when you take all those things that we just talked about into consideration, you have to appreciate that there's a very good likelihood that as a car wash owner, you're going to have to compete more rigorously for a smaller consumer segment. If we believe what the auto industry is saying, and that is that fewer people are buying cars and are going to buy cars, or that we're going to own cars but own them in a different way, maybe fractional ownership or utility ownership, that means there may be fewer people out there looking for car washes. So the competition is going to become stiffer for those few customers. Within that, how do you differentiate? Well, I mean, I think the first thing is, and, and I, I'm always an advocate of this approach, fix what's broken first. You know, I often use the analogy, I, I do a lot of air travel, and so as a consequence, I get a lot of marketing information from the airline that I travel with. But one day I got onto a plane to Miami and I sat down and I looked to my left and I noticed that the window on the airplane that I, where I was sitting had literally been duct taped all around it, you know, sort of holding, it would appear to be holding it in place. I mean, I'm not an engineer or a physicist, but I thought, that can't be good. Yeah, in a pressurized cabin. <laughs> in a pressurized cabin. But I thought, you know, more than that, you're marketing to me, you're sending me all these offers and promotions, but somebody's walking past this window, you know, and, and it just sort of brings to light that I think every business has broken windows that need to be fixed, and oftentimes we become blind to them. So. I would say, you know, the first step before that you, you try and move into the lofty, rarefied air of uh, experiential retail is fix the stuff that's just fundamentally broken. Make sure that your operation is working all the time as it should. Make sure that the people that you hire are being hired for the right reasons, that they're being onboarded into the company in an effective way, that your customer service standards and practices are you know, benchmark excellent to begin with. That's sort of the starting point. But from there, there's a framework that I talked about today to sort of give car wash owners the ability to go about creating experience in a structured way. And the way I, I identify it is, and I, this was through the research in my book, 
is that you want to create experiences that have five elements, surprise, uniqueness, personalization, engagement, and repeatability. And it just happens. I never intended it for it to spell super, but it does. So what are the moments inside the car wash experience, which is pretty much the same from one place to the next? Where can you inject a surprise? What could you do that is meaningful, relevant, surprising in a pleasant way that just sort of makes people think, wow, that was cool, or that was different, you know? What are the ways that you could say, look, everybody washes cars the same way. How could we do it so that it's kind of trademarked to us? It's our way of washing your car. Make it unique. How could you personalize it? So it's not just a bunch of nameless cars coming through, but it's, you know, hey, Mrs. Smith, hey, Mr. Jones, nice to see you, you know, make it just for them. How can you make it more engaging? I mean, I was showing examples today of some cool car washes that have nightclubs in them or restaurants or they, you know, they're making the consumer more a part of the experience, you know? And then lastly, it's the repeatability factor. You know, how can you just make sure that you're uniformly excellent every day? When you start to look at your business through the lens of those five elements, I think it becomes a little easier to start building that experiential architecture. The other thing you were talking about that I, I don't think I got all the way through was you were talking about Starbucks has 100 million people basically that comes through every day. Then car washes need to think about all the people that they see in a day and all the media value in that. Can you kind of go into that and like explain that for me? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, for centuries we've looked at marketing as being a funnel where you put media and advertising into the top of the funnel to tell people how great you are in an effort to get them to come to your business. And so conceptually, we've always thought of the business and the sale of the product as being the end. That's the end of it. But today, because we live in a world that is so literally inundated with marketing, you know, I mean, the number of notifications that we get and direct messages and text messages and emailed offers and direct mail, and it's just we're, we're at a level of saturation now. The ability to penetrate the market with your message is, is more difficult than it ever has been. And I'll give you an example. In 1965, if you could put three television commercials on primetime television, you could reach 80% of the viewing public with three commercials. To try and achieve that today, it would require 117 commercials in primetime, except that nobody's watching television anymore, right? Not in a live way, they're streaming or they're time shifting. So marketing through conventional means and even digital means now is becoming less and less effective. However, we have businesses that have these enormous audiences, 95 million consumers a week going to Starbucks. I was talking with a cosmetics company that has upwards of 100 million people a week visiting their various outlets. And certainly car washes might have a couple thousand customers a week coming in. Well, that's an audience. And it's not an audience that you're chasing with pre-roll ads on Facebook or coupons in the local newspaper. These are real live human beings that are in contact with your business. So if you start to look at those interactions as being the beginning of the funnel, not the end, right? You want to use that live experience with that customer to forge a relationship that is so strong that they will pay attention to your text message. They will act on your Facebook offer because you've built the relationship. So it's really using your store, your car 
car wash as media and your consumers as your media agent. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to that episode. That was a fun one. We got to do that interview live and in person at the Car Wash Show 2019. You can hear in the background there some of that energy. Looking forward to picking that back up in 2021 with you all. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe wherever you consume your podcasts, share it with your friends, and don't forget, keep it clean. Car Wash, the podcast, is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free, on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.